Thank you, Lord. Our Father, we bless you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, that we are firstly citizens of heaven. Thank you, Lord, that we are brothers and sisters, part of one people, that we all call you Father. But thank you, Lord, that we live in this country and we pray, Lord, for your grace to be poured out upon South Africa. In Jesus' name. Amen. It is wonderful to be in church today. It's wonderful to be with you all. And we're going to continue in our series, The War of Wisdom. But before we do that, I want to just make a couple of points. And I want to read from Galatians chapter 5. Um, I can't see what that verse says. <laughs> no, what the verse number is. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is something that's really been on our hearts a lot as, as elders, um, that we all should be walking in step with the Holy Spirit. So if we live by the Spirit, so basically that's if you're a Christian, if, if, you, if you call Jesus as Lord, if, you, if you're living by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. Now earlier in Galatians, uh, Paul tells the story of when he was with um, Peter in one of the churches, and, and then, then the people came from... Peter was very relaxed, and he was engaging with all the Gentiles, and he was having bacon sandwiches and the whole lot. And then people came from Jerusalem, and he was like, oh, you know, now I need to remember to abide by those rules, the, the old rules. And, uh, and, and Paul says that he was, he was out of step with the Spirit. So I want to make it very clear that every single one of us, from time to time, most of the time sometimes, is out of step with the Holy Spirit. And Paul's appealing to us, saying to all of you, to walk in step. Get yourself back in step with the Holy Spirit. And there are a couple of points that I just want to make, and, and this should be a little bit of an out moment for every one of us. So Christians... What, you know, what are the, some of the basic things that we're supposed to do? And one of those is to be in church. Yeah, and I, I know I'm talking to the converted because here you are. It's, it's raining outside and you've bundled yourself up nice and warmly. Joseph, you've got lots of layers on there, my friend. <laughs> but, but please can I appeal that this is something that, that we hold dear, is to be in church on Sundays. And if you know of people that should be here and aren't here, please encourage them to come back to church. That season, the season of COVID, the season of watching church on TV, that is past. The people of God need to meet together. Okay, so let's get us some, a Bible verse for that. Hebrews chapter 10 says, let us, let us not neglect to meet together encouraging one another. When you come to church, you get encouraged. Okay, so let's come to church. Let's, let's pay our tithes and our offerings. Okay, now I'm not going to go into a tithing speech here, but just to be clear, you know, we're a tithing church, but that tithing motivation doesn't come from the Old Testament, the law of Moses, 613 laws in the law of Moses. Please do not try and 
you know, adhere to all of those. But Abraham is the father of our faith, and he tithed. So if you read in Galatians, you read in Hebrews, you read in Romans chapter 4, there's a good example. And then the New Testament speaks often about proportionate, generous, regular, sacrificial giving. So Christians go to church, and Christians, Christians give. And then two other things. I want to talk a little bit about worship. Um, because I, I think a lot, it feels like a lot of people are left out of worship sometimes. And, you know, I, I love the, so firstly, wonderful scripture from Psalm 34. Come let us magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the Lord together. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, it's Psalm 27, David says, One thing have I desired, O Lord, uh, this that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze upon your beauty. And, you know, Jesus, none of us, well, you know, I haven't seen Jesus in the flesh. Maybe some of you have in a vision or something like that. But, you know, how do we gaze upon his beauty if, if we can't see him? Um, and, and in worship, there, there are those moments when you need to close your eyes and with the eyes of your spirit to see Jesus, to gaze upon his beauty. Uh, Paul prays in Ephesians that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. So when we have worship, make it a serious devotional time. Close your eyes and you, you, what does it say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. So, but you, you can't see his wonderful face with your eyes open, if, if, if I'm making sense. So close your eyes and look upon, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And raise your hands. Uh, Psalm 63 says, uh, Thus I will bless your name all the days of my life. In your name I will lift up my hands. Close your eyes, lift up your hands, participate in worship. And the last one is the Word of God. Um, I, I love the scripture from Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where Paul says, By working hard, we must help the weak, and we must remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, then he goes on to quote that specific word, it's more blessed to give um, than to receive, and that's part of his closing message to the Ephesians. But this thing about memorizing Scripture, he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And people say nice things to me that, you know, I know lots of Scriptures and, you know, I, I, I recite Bible verses well. You know, that, it's very kind of you to say that, but that's not what the Holy Spirit says to me. When I, when I read my Bible, the, the Holy Spirit says to me, you, you need to embed this into your heart. You need to memorize this. You need to know this. You need to study this more. So can all of us, whether we new Christians, whether we can, we like John Piper and can recite great tracts of Scripture, can, can we be devoted more to this word that we learn it more, that it's, that it's on our lips, it's on our hearts? Um, so as Christians, can we be in church? Can we be consistent in our giving? Can we... Um, Make sure that we participate actively in worship and remember the word of God. May, the, the, may, the, may scripture be on our lips. Okay. All right, the war on wisdom. And I want to remind you of why we we're doing this. Um, so next, next slide, please. 
So th- this is our, our series. We've already done about six or seven weeks. The War and Wisdom is a journey through the wisdom literature found in the book of Proverbs to discover again what God's wisdom is on matters pertaining to life. Very practical. And how it is connected to the one called the only way, the only truth, and the only true life. So that's, that's our motivation as we go through this. And this morning our topic is the gift of work. Now, seeing as this topic has been given to me, or maybe I chose it, can't quite remember. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to, so there's, there, there's a, you know, in any good story, you know, there's a, there's a villain and a hero. There's a, there's a Batman and a Joker. And in the book of Proverbs, along the, the theme of, of work, there's a, there's a villain and there's a, there's a hero. And the villain is the sluggard. And who can guess what the hero is? It is the ant. So here you have the ant talking to you about the ant. So can I, can I tell a dad joke? What did, what did the pink panther say when he stood on the ant? Dead ant, dead ant, dead ant, dead ant. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so, but I am not a dead ant. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 says, it said that, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So I was a dead ant, but praise God, by the blood of Jesus, I've been made alive. Okay, so I'm a living ant. Okay, so the, sub, the subtitle is, Go to the Ant, which is from Proverbs chapter 6, and and. Go to the ant. So there we go. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Okay. So we can learn from the humble ant. In, later on, I think it's Proverbs 30, it says, look at the, the ants. They're small in number, but they all work together. And they, they store up food for themselves, etc. So, and then the sluggard, I'm not going to read all those scriptures, but the sluggard really gets a hard time. You know, so he gets... He gets sorted out in the book of Proverbs. So we don't want to be like the sluggard. We want to be industrious like the ant. Okay, next one, please. Right, so now I just want to be very clear. So Proverbs is a very practical book. Um, Now, importantly, the first four chapters are all all about the fear of God and about building character in your lives and, and, and pursuing wisdom. And, and so all those, foundation, those foundational things need to be established first. But then there's all this practical advice. But these are not necessarily formulas. You know, this is not something that's going to apply in everybody's life. So here I'm making the point, because this is what the point that Solomon makes, that work leads to financial success, wealth, and security. But we live in an unfair capitalist system. So the eight hours a day that I put in of work might result in you know hundreds of thousands of rand in income and the eight hours a day that someone else puts in and maybe that person has to travel further and maybe that person has to sweat a bit harder maybe that's only a few thousand so so we live in an unequal world but nevertheless the point is is made here that when you work when you diligent it often leads to financial success wealth and security. So I've given you some, a whole bunch of scriptures there, and then I've just written out a, a few of the, the key point, points. So the diligent man, and of course this is 
um, men and women, and we'll talk a lot about diligent women later, the diligent man will get precious wealth. That's a good scripture. The hand of the diligent makes rich. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. So don't just be a talker, be a doer. Be diligent in what you in the work that you've got to do. Work hard in your career, apply yourself, get recognition, get promotion, earn more, earn better, so that you can overflow with blessing as well. So as a general principle, this works. Can we say amen to that? Okay, next slide. And this is Proverbs chapter 28, great scripture. Whoever works his land, so obviously this is a very agricultural context and, you know, very few of us are farmers uh, anymore, but bless you if you are a farmer. But whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Okay, good scripture. Next one, please. Okay, so work leads to wealth, and wealth in turn leads to influence and authority, So uh, Proverbs 12, verse 24 says, the hand of the diligent will rule. And then this is a scary scripture. The rich rules over the poor. The borrower is the slave to the lender. So so, so, so the riches come from working hard in in the book of Proverbs, and that leads to to, um, influence and authority and, and the, the ability often to, to rule in your, in your community or in society generally. But if you, if you have lack, then you, you know, as I said, we live in this unfair capitalist system, then life can be tougher. So you know, that, 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 that's a challenging one. So rather, rather be rich than poor, according to this set of rules. Okay, next one. I like this a lot. So this is not just practical, work leads to wealth and work leads to influence, but work is good for the soul. Work is noble. You know, I'll share a scripture a little bit later that says, you know, Jesus said, my father is always working and I am working. Jesus is working, okay? Work work is, we are designed for work, okay? And, and, And I know sometimes that rubs up against, you know, our, our desire for comfort, but we are designed to work. We are designed to be productive. We are designed to be fruitful. And when we are diligent, it's beneficial to our soul. Okay, so the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So not just your bank account, but your soul as well. Now we read from Proverbs chapter, uh, I mentioned Proverbs chapter 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard, and be wise. Let me just read that out precisely. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. So work leads to wisdom. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? Where will you, when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Okay, so I just, that, that's a good scripture. I like to read it. Okay, so don't be like the sluggard. Be like the ant. Work leads to wisdom. Right, let's, let's do a little bit more reading. So in Ecclesiastes, which is the next book, there's a lot of good advice on work as well. So same author, also, also Solomon. 
And he makes the point that we are meant to find fulfillment in work. So from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I perceive that there is nothing better for them, for men and women, than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. What's our title? The gift of work. Work is a gift. And when we work, we reflect the beauty and the glory of our Creator. And later on in the chapter, there's nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work. Now, again, caution, this is... You know, Solomon didn't make all the right uh, choices and decisions in life. So some of his wisdom, the wisdom that, that is contained in the book of Ecclesiastes, I, I wouldn't say lines up with our faith and our worldview all the time, but still I think this is sensible and useful advice. Okay, work has a cost. Proverbs 14 verse 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Okay, so we spoke a little bit earlier about um, uh, worship, and sometimes you need to close your eyes. So maybe close your eyes now and think about a picture of a, of a beautiful barn and, and a shed with nice floors. And, uh, you know, it's kind of from the movies. You know, there's, there's a nice barn. It's well constructed and it's clean. Okay. And it looks neat. Now, put some oxen in there. Okay. And leave them for a few days. They're well fed, these oxen. Okay. Is the floor, you close your eyes, can you see the floor? Is it still clean? Uh-uh. Okay, so those oxen are there to, to generate, so they're there to work. They're there to pull the plow and to do whatever oxen do. And, and so the oxen are being productive. But with the oxen comes some mess. Work has a cost. Okay, so the, the, the theme in Proverbs is, is I appeal to you to work hard and to be diligent, but recognize that there is a cost. And if you, if you run a business, uh, if, you, if you're an employee, you know. If, whether you work in a school or a church, work, work has costs. And sometimes you need to get up early in the morning and you don't feel like it. You have to take a trip through to Cape Town in the traffic. You know, it's, that's, that's difficult. Okay, so work has a cost. Work requires planning. Work includes, sorry, little S missing there, work includes developing your skills. Let me read this one. Proverbs chapter 22. Do you see a person skillful in his or her work? He or she will stand before kings. There's an encouragement here to develop the skills, the gifts that God has given you. So, so we, we, we aren't just asked to work. We are encouraged to develop our skills and whether that means studying further, and there's no age limit here, preaching to that row over there, we can continue to develop our skills throughout our lives. Let's remember the parable of the talents. You know, God has given everybody something to do, some kind of contribution to make. We are all members of the body of Christ, and every one of us has a part to play. Every one of us has something to offer. Uh, and we've been given skills. We've all got different skills and different abilities. There's an encouragement here to develop your skills. And when you are skillful, uh, th there's another translation that says, do you see a man that is excellent in his work? That as we develop our skills to a point of excellence, the world will recognize that. And then you get to stand before kings. And again, that speaks about some influence. 
Okay, right. Caution, don't overwork in pursuit of wealth. So Proverbs chapter 23 says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. So let's keep all these things in balance. Let's, let's, let's have balance between work and worship and rest. I've also just come away from a brilliant holiday with my family, which was so wonderful, and it's great to take some holiday. It's great to rest. It's absolutely essential to rest. I often say in my work context to some of my younger colleagues, it's a marathon, not a sprint. This company wants you to be around 10 years from now. We don't want people to burn out. So don't overwork uh, in, the, in the pursuit of wealth. And, and of course, remember the advice from the New Testament. Paul says to Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil. So money is useful. Money is wonderful. But don't love it to the point that it blinds you in, in your pursuit thereof. Um, and then Proverbs chapter 27, verse 3 basically says, look after your, it, again, agricultural context. Look after your fields. Pay attention to the, the, the health of your, your crops and your lands. So when, when we work, the idea is you generate wealth, and then you need to work hard to look after that wealth. You need to be a good steward of that wealth as well. Okay, next one. Ah, right, let's do some reading. From Proverbs chapter 20, sorry, 31. And I'm mindful that Melindy spoke about this a couple of uh, weeks ago. So, um, so I, I really love Proverbs chapter 31. Um, but l- let's recognize that this, is, this looks like a bit of a perfect human being. And so whether you're a man or a woman, you know, I, I think it's, it's difficult to match up to, to all of this. So, so maybe this is a very multifaceted, high achiever person. But nonetheless, uh, a hardworking hero she is. So, sorry, I need my glasses here. Okay, so let's read verse 13 to 19. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night. Okay, this does not apply in my life. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so as I said, you know, these are high standards. She provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. She's an entrepreneur. With the fruit of her hands, because work leads to wealth, she plants a vineyard. So she invests wisely. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Okay, <laughs> take that with a pinch of salt. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. And then verse 24 to 28, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come, which means that she's not afraid. She, because, because, you know, thus saith the Lord, there will be a rain, rainy day that comes. You know, just... As um, Joseph in, in Egypt, you know, seven years of plenty and then seven years of want, yeah, there's, the, the prosperity gospel is, is, is not the business. There, there will be rainy days. There will be times when things don't work out. But if you've, if you've, if you've worked hard and you've, you've, you've accumulated some savings and you've, you've, you've built your house metaphorically strong, then you can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread 
of idleness because then she would be a sluggard. And she doesn't want to be a sluggard. Okay, so she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So here we have a real hero of diligence. And then, you know, looking through other, um, other parts of the Bible, I love the story of Martha. Now, I know Martha gets a bad rap. And, you know, so, so there's basically three stories of Martha and Mary. In, uh, in the various Gospels. The first one is when, when Jesus comes to visit and Martha's rushing around and she's very, very busy and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha complains and Jesus says, uh-uh, Martha, Martha, you too worried about things. Mary has actually chosen the, the better thing. So there's, there's a rebuke there. Then, then the second part is when uh, Lazarus passes. He dies and... Um, Jesus engages with both Mary and Martha. And then after that, there's a celebration. And, and John says, simply in John 12, he says, and Martha served. And there's no other detail that's provided. But for me, it's a redemptive description. So now there's no complaint. There's no criticism. She's, this is her ministry, is service. But now she's, she's got the balance right. So maybe I'm seeing too much into it, but I really feel like that's a redemptive moment. Martha had this great gift for service and for work and for hospitality, and whereas in the first time she, she was anxious and she was scurrying around and she was fretting, now she's got the balance right and she's serving. And then Lydia in Acts chapter 16, so when Paul first comes to Europe, to, to Greece, to the city of Philippi, Lydia is there, and she's from another town called Thyatra, and she's come because she's selling purple cloth, very, very similar to the description in Proverbs 31. So she's a trader, she's traveling, and uh, she's, she's an entrepreneur, and she's successful. And then Phoebe. Um, Phoebe is one of my heroes. Uh, so from Romans chapter 16. It, so th this is the woman that Paul entrusted the, the letter of Romans to. So she was going to take this... A letter to the church in Rome, um, and it seems that she was on a business trip, basically. So she's, she's also a successful entrepreneur, and because of her business travels, she's useful to the ministry as well. I, I couldn't find any guys to hold up. So we've got four heroes, hardworking heroes here, and they're all women. So I, 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 th this is interesting to me because, you know, from time to time, there's been this thing in the church that Women shouldn't work or women should stay at home. And look, let, let's be very clear. Raising your children, at, I'm talking to parents here, dads and moms, is the most important thing. So when, when the children are at a particular age, it's, it's important that you might need to cut back on the working involvement in order to invest um, in the lives of your children. But this narrative that women shouldn't work or women should stay at home and just make the house pretty. I think that's rubbish. So, you know, as I said, every one of us has got a gift. Every one of us has got the ability to be productive and to be fruitful. That doesn't mean that you, you have to be earning money necessarily, but there's plenty of opportunity to volunteer. Lindy, I'm looking at you. Is there opportunity to volunteer at Mama Temba? Absolutely, okay? So volunteer somewhere, it's, but it's important that every one of us work and be diligent. And there we have those hardworking heroes to look up to. Okay, next one. So I mentioned this already. Jesus is always working. You know, there's this kind of sense that God's just cruising. 
The Bible says that he sustains the universe by the word of his power. You know, I just, I have the sense that, that, that God is, he, he puts effort in, into his labor and, and, it, and it results in all the beauty that is around us. It results in the beauty of our own lives. So Jesus said this, my father is working until now and I am working. So let's follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Next one. Okay, work as unto the Lord. Okay. I know that a lot of people have jobs that ain't great. And Paul addressed this. He spoke to, he lived in, in, in a time of slavery. You know, they were, he spoke to slaves in, for instance, in, he, in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, and it says, you know, this is the kind of service that you need to render to your master. Slavery is not cool. And some of us have jobs that, that aren't great. They're pretty sucky. But this is the encouragement. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And maybe there won't be material wealth that results from it. But there's a reward from your heavenly Father. And do your best. Work hard to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed. Okay, next one. Work opens doors for ministry. And this, again, for me, is uh, this is a reminder that, that all of us has got something. Every single one of us has got something to contribute. And, and there's no age limit. So, you know, I, I appreciate that in, in our careers we, we reach a, a, a point of retirement where things start to slow down. I don't believe so much in retirement. So some people have got, you know, you get you get to a point where you actually can't work anymore. So, for instance, I'm thinking about a pilot. You know, when you you don't want someone that's that well advanced in years flying the plane. You know, so I'm I'm not I'm not mentioning Dennis. I'm being very respectful here. I'm not mentioning any particular age, because at the age of 80 you can still do a lot. Okay, but there's some. There's some things that you just shouldn't really be doing when you're that much older. But for a lot of us, we can keep on giving. We can, we can keep on contributing. We can be productive. We can be fruitful. So, you know, let, let us, and, and this, this applies to ministry as well. So work opens doors. There's always something that we can find to do. So eight words that are my ministry motto, by working hard, we must help the weak. Um, and this was, the, this was Paul's kind of final speech. I, I love the book of Acts because we have these great speeches. And, and these are the, the, the closing words of his speech to the Ephesian elders, the church with whom he spent the most amount of time. And he says at the end, he says, work hard. Work hard to be a blessing and to minister to those that need it. And, and, and we can all do that. And then Ephesians. So this is addressed to a thief. He says, to the thief, let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So when you feel like you've got enough money for yourself and for your family and you're tempted to retire, that's not the right motivation at all. Because, because we have all been given the opportunity to minister to others. So we should overflow in all things and you know, for, for, for many of us, that, in, that means overflowing with, with, um, with material means, with financial means, so that we can share with anyone in need. Okay, next one. 
Right, and here we're really closing. So work is an essential part of all of our purpose. So we, we all have purpose, and, and work is part of that. Work is, is an essential part of that. It is meant to produce fruit that glorifies God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So lots of, lots of practical wisdom in the book of Proverbs, but in the New Testament, the theme of work seems to be elevated to a higher level. It's not just about having wealth, and it's not just about having influence, but it's about being useful in the service of the master. It's about being fruitful and, and bringing glory to Jesus and proving that we are his disciples. So can we be, even when it goes against our comfort preferences, can we be a hard-working people, whether it's at your day job or in your volunteering for a nonprofit or a public benefit organization or you're volunteering um, at, at church and Honor and thanks and appreciation to our worship team and for those that set up, Donnie and Dante at the back there, you know, for the volunteers in church as well. This is, it's so important and we are, we are so blessed because those people are working hard. They're being excellent in, in their gifting, in, in their skills. And so there's opportunity for all of us, young and old, to work but let's also recognize that, you know, in, in, in our economy, there's a 30% plus unemployment rate. Let's recognize the reality is that some people have plenty of willingness to work, and they just can't find it. They just can't find the means to generate income. So we want to take a moment, have a, have a ministry moment now where we can pray into that. Where we can pray that, that where there is willingness to work, that you have that opportunity to do so. Let's pray for businesses in our community, that they would prosper and that they would be blessed. And the, the, the other ministry moment that I want us to reflect on is that where your attitude towards work has been, I don't need to work, or, or I've, I've done my time, you know, I've, I've, I've got to an age now where I can just, I can cruise, I can enjoy the fruit of my labor, I think let's reflect on that and recognize that there's still an opportunity to contribute. There's still an opportunity to be productive and fruitful. Okay, so can we, so we close our eyes and let's, let's have a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a creative God and Lord, by your work, you you created the heavens and the earth and you created us and you invested in us skill and ability. And Father, forgive us where we've followed the path of the sluggard, where we've, where we've been lazy, where we've hidden our talent or our, our skill, our ability to contribute and to be fruitful, where we've hidden that away. Uh, and help us, Lord, to have a right attitude towards work, Lord God, that we would be, as Paul encouraged the Colossians, that we would work heartily as unto the Lord, Lord, that every one of us would embrace in his or her way um, a right attitude towards work, Lord, that we would be a diligent people, a diligent people that are blessed in our souls, that 
gain wisdom, that develop our skills, and Lord, that we would have influence and that we would stand before kings and people in authority and that the fruit of our labor, Lord God, would be, would be a blessing and a testimony to you, Lord God. And Lord, we pray, Father, for, for all those that earnestly desire to work but haven't had the opportunity, Lord. I pray, Lord, for every person in this congregation and I think also, Lord God, about our congregation in Zola, and Kailicha, Lord, where there are many that would, would love to be able to put in 8, 10, 12 hours a day of hard labor just to, just to have something so that they can be a blessing to their families, so that fathers and mothers can provide. Lord, we pray, Father. We cry out to you, Lord God, for grace, Lord God, that, that um, Lord, that work opportunities would become available, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we pray in your name, Lord God, that those seeking work, Lord God, would find it, Lord God. And Father, for all those that feel that they're stuck in a, in a dead-end job, that they're overlooked by managers, by bosses, Lord, I pray for grace and for favor, Lord God. Lord, I pray for promotion, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, 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 that the fruit of our diligence, Lord God, would be evident to those for whom we work, Lord. And that, that, that there would be grace upon that and that promotion would result, Lord God. A promotion and increases, increases in, to salaries and, and wages, Lord God. That we, may, that we may have enough that we can also share with others. And I pray, Lord, for every business owner, every businesswoman, every businessman. Lord, we pray for your blessing, Lord God upon the businesses represented in this church, Lord God. And, and also the, the, the non-profit organizations, Lord. Lord, we pray, Father, for your grace and for your blessing to be upon them, Lord God. For, Father, for favor. Father, for new opportunities, Lord God. Lord, bless the revenue. Bless the profit, Lord God, of the businesses represented in this house. In Jesus' name. Lord, we give you honor and glory. You are our ever-working God, Lord. Help us to follow in your footsteps. Amen. Amen. I just want to minister to three specific groups. It's, as I prepared for today, I felt the Lord impress three specific, specific areas of my heart. Uh, the first one is that there are people that you've been called to create employment, um, specifically in business. And, and we just want to extend our faith with you. And maybe there's been seasons of disappointment because you've created employment, but the em uh, employees haven't done their part and you've been holding back. Um, but maybe in your heart there's something that resonates now. Say, yes, I know that's part of what I'm called to, is to create work for people that doesn't have. If that's you, just put up your hand. I guess business owners, great. Anyone else? Um, can you guys quickly stand? We would love to pray for you. Just corporately, I, I'm going to pray, but be all, just let's stretch our hand to these people that know that this is part of their calling. Thank you, Jesus. Yo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've chosen these men and women for a very specific role in our nation for such a time as this, Father. Lord, and I pray that you would continue to lead them with the conviction and passion to create an environment where others could flourish because they have opened doors. Lord, I want to pray in Jesus' name that you would reignite some dreams that they might have put off for a while because it's been hard. 
I pray, Lord, that you would put in them, in them the faith again this morning that as they align to the word that was shared today, Father, and they trust you that they're going to see doors open. Lord, I pray for your spirit to empower upon them the gifts that they need, Lord, to see work created for people. Lord, and that there would be testimony from those in our church who do this, Father, as their ministry of how people who didn't have bread to eat finds bread to eat because they had the opportunity with your leading to create jobs, Father. So we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Lord, may their businesses, their endeavors, and what they put their hands to flourish. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Secondly, I want to pray for our young generation. School, pupils, students, anyone that's studying, can you stand? Because your work is your study world at the moment. So all the children stand, students stand. We want to be praying for you. And the reason I want to pray for you is I'm so acutely aware that in society today and in culture, there's a strong demand by culture to push us away from work and into sluggishness through subtle ways. Be it just being on tech. Be it just being meh. And doing nothing. Or just, and I remember when I was a kid and growing up, it's hard. Being a kid is hard. I'm just saying that. I remember it was hard for me at least. <laughs> There's so much that you don't have to worry about, but that schoolwork, that having to make it work, having to actually study and focus in a, in a day and age where everything steals your focus is hard. So can we pray for our kids this morning? Lord, we pray for every one of them in this room and those, Lord, who's at Kids Church and those who are not here, our youth, our next gen our children, Father, where they are in a season of constant work. They've got to work hard. They've got to make it work. They've got to study. They've got to do their part. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the means and the strength to say no to anything around them in their world that's trying to steal them away from focus and playing their part, Lord, where they, their minds are often bombarded by the society that we live in, by social media, by technology, Lord, that's wanting to seal away from their effectivity in their work. May they know that they've been called by Jesus, just like their moms and dads, just like the adults, just like the young ones, to work hard in the work that they have in this season of life. Bless them and give them the ability, Father, uh, to, to see their work fruitful in everything they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Awesome. And then lastly, uh, probably the boldest of the three, I have just, as I prayed, felt there's some of you in this room, you need a miraculous open door. You need God to come through. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have work. It might be the case, but it might be that you realize you've got, you've got to see something change for whatever reason. I don't want to fill in the blanks. Um, if that's you, can you just put up your hand? We want to pray for you. That's great. Uh, please stand. This is awesome. We're going to trust God. Can I ask the, the church to just be around these people? If you're close by, get to them, lay hands on them. I really want to trust God for breakthrough moments for our brothers and sisters this morning. Uh, so if you need prayer, just keep your hands up. And then those around them, just look around and see if there's someone around you. Let's just lean in and, and pray for them. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray, and then I want you guys to pray for them for two, three minutes. Maybe the Lord gives you a, an encouraging word, scripture, a prophetic sense. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll put up music for two minutes. We'll pray for them there and minister to them, and then we'll conclude the service. Lord Jesus, we stand in faith this morning for our friends. 
Lord, these are men and women who are saying, yes, Lord, I want to do my part. I want to play my part. I want to work my eight hours, ten hours a day. I want to do what I need to do to be fruitful and show myself a, a disciple of Christ in the workplace. So we ask, Lord, as your children this morning, Lord, you say in your word that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father who gives us good gifts with, uh, with whom there is no shadow of change. You are always ready to give us the things that we need. So we pray in Jesus' name that you would open up the right opportunities, that you would set them up for conversations. Lord, I pray that there would be testimonies from this morning of people that got phone calls from people that want to speak to them about their work. Lord, some are in between spaces that need to make decisions and they need to make the right decisions. And we pray, Lord, that by the power of your spirit, you would lead them through your word to tell them what the next decision is, that you would surround them with community, men and women that could speak into that circumstance and help them make the right next decision in their work world. We trust you for miracles this morning in Jesus' name. Let's take a moment to just... Pray with them for two minutes and then we will conclude the service. Minister to them and trust the Holy Spirit for something for them. So Lord, we, we pray for your grace, Lord. We cry to you, Lord, for grace in every situation, Lord, to, to bring about answers to these prayers, Lord God, that will result in praise and glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I see the sun has come out. Um, and may you be blessed. Blessings, grace, and peace on every one of you, on your families, on your communities. Carry the grace and the fragrance of the knowledge of him into your day and into your week. Blessings be upon you. Amen.